everyone doing out there? Welcome to Major League Holds the Show. I'm Pete. I'm Ryan. Welcome to the show. It's our 39th episode. For all next week. I put a special Slayer song in our teaser for tonight's show because Slayer fucking rocks and 39 seems like an evil number for some reason, but I'm cracking my third Surly Furious of the night. Oh, oh boy, folks, be ready. He's just going to wind on when he gets to aesthetics tonight. <laughs> Surly, too, Furri- Surly too, Furious is a too... too dr- what? Too drunk to shut up. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Surly Furious is a new <laughs> fake sponsor of our website. I just put up there this week because I thought it looked cool. And Surly Furious is also my favorite American IPA. They got some issues. Up, they got some issues up there. Yeah, unfortunately, it's out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is not either of our favorite places when it comes to baseball. But they make some good beer. So, and we are Surly and Furious. So I thought it made sense. But their workers are trying to unionize. And I saw that a lot of problems. I saw that. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. That, that, we'll keep, uh, sorry, we'll keep you guys posted on this. Yeah, sorry. That's for our <laughs> our new our new craft beer segment. We're going to introduce. That's a good I could I could get on board with that. Maybe that um, that have to be its own blog, yeah. our I'll, own I'll thing. So I'll work on some branding for that. We'll figure that yeah. out. But hey, we've got we got a we got a lot of work to do tonight. Let's get let's get down to it. We've got right. uh we've got a Tom Seaver uh tribute that you want to put together. I, I think it's cool. We've got uh Cubs, Sox, Tigers, Giants news and trade deadline talk. Got lots of thoughts about that. I think you've got a sexual harassment. That's a mystery I to sure me. Do. Can't wait to find out what that is. I've got the return of aesthetics by popular demand. <laughs> we oh, took yeah. a we took a one week hiatus from aesthetics. And now it's back. So it's get back. ready. Yeah, and of course, we're gonna finish the show with asshole of the week. Uh, that's gonna be we narrowed it down. There's plenty to go from, but. We narrowed it down to Araldus Chapman because he's fucking hateable to begin with. So that was an easy one. So let's go ahead and jump into the news. Now here's the news. It's the news. The big news. Oh, fuck, Scotty. That is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents This Week in Baseball. Yeah, so uh, last night uh, it was announced that on Monday evening, uh, Tom Seaver, 75, had passed away. And um, that one uh, choked me up a little bit because um, I saw, I got to see Tom pitch a few times live when he was on the uh, White Sox, uh, 84, 85. You were a youngster. Uh, I was a youngster. Um you know, watching a bat, I didn't really fully appreciate it at the time, but that battery was Seaver to Fisk. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't think it gets much better than that. And the fact that Tom Seaver at 40 and 41 uh, before in 86, he was traded at the deadline to the Red Sox for one Steve Psycho Lions. Um, wow. Posted for the White Sox. uh uh, well above 500 record with an ERA of like it was like it's like three eight seven or yeah, something like just incredible high threes yeah, when he was just like an, approaching 40. Yeah, just an, an incredible incredible run. I mean to to pitch that late like him and Nolan Ryan, you know, both kind of anomalies when 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 it comes to that department. But you know, for me, this is kind of the beauty of baseball and and why to me it's the greatest sport ever because. Um, hearing about Tom, it just brought back the memories of, of being at old Comiskey and, Mm. and, and the smell of that ballpark, something about old ballparks. I, I remember when I visited old Yankee stadium and I'm, I'm assuming Detroit probably smelled the same way. There's a certain food smell that just naturally soaked into the place. Yeah. Baked in after a century of the hot dogs, popcorn, stale beer kind of gets burned into it. Right. But I I never went to old. I never went to old Comiskey, but from the pictures I've seen, it, it everything reminds me of old Tiger Stadium. Oh, yeah. I, they're I mean, built around the same time. I think they're probably the yeah. same types of things. So. I mean, you had the overhang on the upper yeah. deck. It had yeah, all, all the, same idea. Uh, very, very, very similar. And, I believe uh, they call this a jewel box style stadium. Oh, thank you, Smitty. Look at the big brain of Smitty. <laughs> um, 
so so it was just uh you know it's just a beautiful uh time uh for baseball and me you know understanding the game and playing little league and, and getting to know the game and getting to know the players and just we used to get these front row of the upper deck there and it just nice. just like all these memories like rushed in my head and and that's and that's if you're if you're like a baseball fan for any extended period of time doesn't have to go back to your childhood there's just something really special about those moments at the ballpark and how it brings people together and how players can um you know like yeah i, I saw I, t- I saw siever pitch three times he won all three games i, I was at wow I mean, and that, that was, you remember that. That's awesome. That well, I went and looked up just to confirm. Cause oh, I, okay. I remember who Keep the matchups, who, who the matchups were against and stuff like that. I do remember that. Wow. Um, but, um, yeah, there's a really great memory from back then. Ask me anything from yesterday. I couldn't even tell you, but, uh, yeah. So anyway, so, um, I think Tom Seaver, I mean, is easily, uh, you know, one of the great pitchers and on August 4th, you went to Yankee stadium and won his 300th game and turned that entire crowd, you know, is a, a, I guess a lot of people drove in cause he, he's such a beloved Matt, you know, a lot of yeah. people drove in, uh, from, uh, who were Met fans to Yankee stadium to watch him pitch that game. And rarely do you see what you saw that, that night, um, or that afternoon where the whole crowd like was Tom Seaver's crowd at, as a visitor in Yankee stadium. Rarely do you see something like that. And it was really like a, it was really a magical moment for baseball and for Tom Seaver and, and even for the white Sox. I mean, even though he had a short lived, uh, career with us, we still got some really great pitching out of someone who was in, in, in the, in the latter half, in the latter days of his career, really. So, yeah, I just want to say a, a few notes on on, on Seaver and and uh, how he uh, has some special memories from my uh, childhood. Yeah, he's a little a little before my time. You know, of course, I was a Tigers fan. Uh, you know, when he was with the Sox in what eighty was he eighty four, eighty three, eighty four, or 80? no, eighty four, eighty five. Got traded halfway through the eighty six okay. season. Yeah, I was aware of the White Sox. I was not a fan of their uniforms or Lamar Hoyt's beard. Yeah, famously. I mean, he was part. He was on. He was in. He was in a rotation with Burns and Hoyt in that. I mean, those are literally the only things I remember about the White Sox in those years. Um, so I'm glad you had some thoughts on Tom Seaver. Of course, I know all the stats and know the legend. Uh, you know, one of the he'd be in the inner circle of the greatest pitchers of all time in the Hall of Fame. Um, so I'm glad you had a person some personal memories of that. That's cool because I can't contribute a whole lot to that. So. Actually, I'm not going to be able to contribute a whole lot to the beginning half of this episode. Yeah, well, Sox so centric. We've got yes. the Sox playing right now. I believe they're tied one to one. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, let me just double check that. The Royals. It, it is two to one White Sox. They have the bases loaded in the top of the second. Nah, that didn't take long. Yeah, that's the end of that. Uh, I'm uh, not getting. I'm not getting alerts though, so I'm going to pull this up. Um, so yeah, Sox are up two one. Uh, the parrot went yard. Uh, and Canarcion. Uh and yeah, we uh, we got a game advisory amount visit with one out in the bases loaded. Yeah, that's enough. Enough. Hopefully you have they thoughts. Well, well about now I'm gonna I'm gonna move in. It's gonna I I I, I set <laughs> yeah. that up, Ryan. Let me go. Jesus. Bases loaded, one out. Hopefully they fare better against the uh, Royals than they did against the Twins in the same situation. Talking about it, we could get done with this and you could watch right. the end of the game. So uh anyway, uh yeah, so uh <laughs> The Sox and Cubs are uh, deadlocked in our standings, and the Sox probably get the nod for me to go first because of head-to-head records. Um, I mean, really, if you go head-to-head records, the White Sox should always be listed top of our uh, standings because they pretty much have dominated uh, the two, uh, two games. The, two. Oh no, I meant over the Tigers too. They should just—they uh, have yeah. the best record within okay. the teams we follow. Anyway, I digress. So. The Sox, uh, they're, they're, they're getting a lot of awards, but that doesn't really mean much. Uh, it's a major award. It's a major award. Uh, uh, Abreu, uh, AL Player of the Month. Lewis Robert, AL Rookie of the Month. Um, the team hit 
the most homers in the month of August. Um, blah, 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 blah. This is, this is where, but they go into Minnesota. They come back from uh, a terrible booting the ball uh, first inning where they committed three errors, down four nothing. They come back and take game one, and you kind of think, all right, this is thanks this is good. to a a brutal boot of the ball by Max Kepler in the outfield. That that, that yes, that that also uh, kept a lot of great fielding in this series. Uh, yeah, that was that was not a clinic. The Sox, who had uh, been in the top five in fielding percentage, uh, definitely are not anymore because they committed eight errors in the series. <laughs> Yikes! They they have also though they do they do hold the dubious uh, uh, stat of turning the most double plays since the beginning of 2019 season, which is interesting, especially since we do talk about how uh, iffy their defense is. But somehow they've turned the most double plays in baseball, so that's interesting. But Keep putting runners on. Anyway, the, uh, the, the gist of this uh, thing with the Sox is, um, you know, part of their success right now is how weak the NL Central is kind of as a whole, and they get to play that division. Kinda. A lot, and um, and then the the somewhat of the I mean I would say the AL Central's bottom feeders, which is a 500 ball club, and then the uh, you can say a that, little bit of you, you can, can make an that argument is, the AL Central is the best division right. in baseball, and, and that I mean, was thank you I was about yeah I was about to say that I think the AL Central is actually the best division in baseball. So you know um, the Sox have to be able to beat teams above. 500 if uh, they're going to uh, progress and deep into the playoffs. Now, a lot of people are jumping on the White Sox bandwagon. Um, uh, Tim Kirchin of ESPN the other evening talked about the Dodgers for about three to four minutes, but said, that being said, I would still take the White Sox over the Dodgers. Wow. As, as a offense. Their offense is just uh, too uh, powerful um, to, to be overlooked. And then, uh, now I, the writer's name escaped me. He just wrote an article the other day that he thinks the Sox are going to play the Dodgers in the World Series. I'll say personally, I don't see that right now because you've got you got two. You, you you're gonna so so something interesting happened, which I was going to talk, which I just saw before I came in. Lopez got demoted. Yes, and Bernardo Vegas. Yeah, Bernardo Flores Jr. got called up, who's been in the Sox farm system for the last four years. He's got a, a tick above, like maybe like mid, below mid threes, right nestled in between ERA. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but I'm guessing the long term solution here is Cease is eventually going to move up to the number three position. Dane Dunning on a limited pitch count of like 80 because of the recovery from Tommy John. I mean, you kind of got to leave him in the five spot, even though his ERA is under three after his two starts. But, um, you know, what do you, what we're, I understand in a playoff scenario, you got a, you got a short, you got a, you know, you got a, you got a shorter scenario there where you can bring pitchers back more quickly. But really, I just don't see, once you get past Jolito and Keuchel, you know, Cease still is still walks a lot. A lot of guys, he gets out of a lot of jams because he does have some pretty A plus stuff. But you know, that's not gonna. There's not gonna play in the playoffs. So, you know, this this series for the Twins, I you kind of you definitely were looking at a two out of three uh, to say, okay, this team's this team's for real. They're just not destroying the. Bottom feeders, socks up 5-1. Jose, Jose Abreu double, 17-game hitting streak now. Right, yeah, and that, that should conclude our play-by-play for the White so, Sox. I think yeah. this, game is, this game is in hand. It's over! Um, but anyway, <laughs> so um, so th- th- those are like my thoughts on the White Sox. What my <laughs> sexual harassment is... Ozzy Guillen on the line here on WSCR with Bob Brunley, Mike North, Fred Humner, Annie Mary. How you doing, Ozzy? Oh, shut that fuck up. That ball hit high and deep. Way back. Way back. And he's not quite out of here. Dad, get it. The mire to mediocrity. Tell me about when you were being interviewed for the potential 
White Sox manager's job. I was drunk. You gotta be bleeping. I got two. It turned into two, Whoa. and I took I took in I took notes down, Smitty, so I didn't go, hey oh, I did, we're about to sign off, but I just had this random thought. <laughs> wow, so I took some notes this week. Wow, um, you're like all professional now. My first Impressive. bitch. My first bitch is at Ricky Renteria, and whether the Sox won or lost last night, this was going to be my one sexual harassment. Brian McCann, in in a pretty large sample size against um, uh, who pitched Barrios, he 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 has had twenty four at bats against him. He has a three thirty three average against him with four homers and ten RBIs. He did not start last night. He was by far the best hitter against him in the Sox lineup. The only guy who had more at bats against him is Abreu, but Abreu, you know, he had like a he's a 250 average with one homer. Like there was no reason not to start James McCann last night. Rick, Ricky was going with his gut. Yeah, well, it's big and it uh you know, it, ample. It, it, you can't I just don't understand when you have statistics like that in front of you, you either got to make a choice. If you want to play Grandel, then, then Encarnacion doesn't DH. And yeah. and then you use McCann as a DH or use McCann as a catcher because he's better defensively, as we talked about on this show, and, and put Grandel in DH. I don't care. But it just is, 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 is just stupidity that, he did not start last night's game. There's no reason not to start. Mm-hmm. Number two happened within the game. The Sox have the bases loaded. The infield's playing in. Jose Abreu, who is just was named the AL Player of the Month and is on a 16-game hitting streak, hits a rocket to Sano, who totally boots the ball. But Abreu does not fucking run out of the batter's box. Ooh, that's Cardinal Sin. And he would have been safe at first had he run it out, which he normally does. I don't understand it. And they only got one run out of that because of it. But they would have had bases loaded and no outs. I didn't see the play. Did he just think it was was a done deal? Yeah, he thought it was a done deal. And Sanu, Sanu, Sanu kicked it. Yikes. You, you can't take a playoff. For you youngsters out there listening at home, <laughs> you cannot take a playoff. You hustle every play. And yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's really I'm out of character. Saying, not, I, I was totally out of character. I'm not saying the, the game would have turned out you know differently, but I do think they probably would have scored more than one run. But like, like you, you, you were setting up for a really big inning there, and you really helped deflate it. So those are my sexual harassments aka sexuality as i like to call it sometimes uh <laughs> for uh this week so uh yeah i'm i'm uh that that's that's a wrap on on the socks uh boy that was a lot of socks right there i know it's very uh, soxy can i can i jump into some news on the north side yeah uh just recapping the last week going into last week i was kind of down on the cubs a little bit worried that they would be sellers uh, going to the trade deadline if they fucked up the four-game series in Cincinnati and if they got s- swept, if there was a potential that the Cubs might even be sellers at the trade deadline, which they didn't get swept. They split a very mediocre 2-2 split with, uh, with, the, with the Reds there. Um, not an uneventful weekend, though. There was, there was a lot of fireworks. There was a, a spat between the rivals now. I guess Cincinnati thinks that the Cubs are rivals. I'm not sure the Cubs think that Cincinnati's a rival, but apparently Cincinnati uh, really I, hates the Cubs, which is fine with me. Fucking hate them. That's great. They'd rather be hateable winners than lovable losers. But there was some chirping going on because TJ Antoine, some pitcher I've never heard of from the Reds, grunts a lot while he's pitching. Uh, so, and the Cubs were mocking him, I guess, but just chirping from the dugout like you've seen all year. They, they're not, I mean, maybe it was personal, but they're allowed, they're a loud group. They've been loud all season long. I don't think it's, it's directed at any one person. They're just generating energy, but maybe they're dicks. I don't, I don't know what they're saying, but apparently he was grunting a lot and they were mocking his grunting and he got pissed and threw a ball at Rizzo's head. And it's like, 
are you fucking kidding me? Like, cause, cause there's some chirping in the dugout. You're going to try to murder, <laughs> murder Anthony Rizzo. Like what the fuck? So just getting texts from Vin again. Um, so that was just a ridiculous thing that escalated out of nowhere, which actually I'm going to get into a little bit later with our asshole of the week with head hunting and how ridiculous it is in this league. Do you think but... he really threw at Rizzo's head though? Cause he looked at his hand immediately after he released the ball. Yeah. He also, he also like came back slipped. in a press conference. He also came in a press conference after the game with the stat that the average missed distance on a missed ball in major league baseball is 17 inches. Like he just had that stat ready to go for him. So any pitch, any major league thrower, any major league pitcher throws could be seven, 17 inches away from where he intended. So I, I don't know. It, it, it was ridiculous. I think, I think his, you could tell by his demeanor. I mean, he looked at his hand, whatever. He looked at his hand yeah, and was, started to rub his fingers. Like he had lost yeah. the, the grip of it. So, and so am I right now. So I know. I don't, what, I don't, what does that I, prove? I don't know. I don't, I didn't see it that no. way. I was watching the game. Regard, there, so. That's that was a minor thing. That's fine. It was, it, this would be the squad. No one was injured. There was, there was a scuffle, you know, Cubs second scuffle this year because of them being a loud ass bench. Yeah. Sorry for being loud. Sorry for partying. I mean, what, what can you do? If people are going to get be that, so they cannot handle a little bit of little bit of talk out of the dugout, which is exacerbated by no crowds this year, they're going to be they're going to have they're going to have problems with the Cubs all year. So so be it. What can you do? But the I think the bigger story, or well, at least the more interesting one for me coming out of that series was the historic outfielder performance. The first starting outfield to hit multiple home run home runs by each of the three members of the outfield. Uh, Cubs had two home runs out of Jason Hayward, two home runs out of Ian Happ, and two home runs out of uh, Kyle Schwarber in one game. And for I can't believe that that's never happened. I thought maybe that'd be a Cubs record. That is a major league record. That has never happened in the history of baseball. So I think that speaks more to <laughs> – the juiced ball and the inflate in the tiny great American ballpark they're playing in. Uh, I that's it's kind of an anomaly, but at the same time, Jason Hayward and Ian Happ are having quietly some of the best seasons of any Cubs player right now, which is kind of unexpected. Uh, Ian Happ, in fact, could be in arguably involved in the conversation for NL MVP. He is currently fourth in offensive war and seventh in OPS, I think, or maybe I've got those backwards. Uh, his OPS is like 10, 1061. He's also solved the Cubs leadoff position uh, quandary that, is, that has plagued them ever since the exodus of Dexter Fowler. Um, so once Chris Bryant came back this week and he was put in the two slot because Ian Happ's been doing such a, such a fucking awesome job. Unfortunately today, uh, in a fucking loss to the, the, maybe the worst team I've seen all year, the Pittsburgh pirates, uh, he fouled a ball off the plate and it bounced up and hit him in the fucking eye. And it, it looked bad. He wasn't bleeding or anything, but he had to leave the game. Uh, they said they took x-rays and they said the x-rays are negative, which means he didn't, he didn't crack an orbital bone or anything, but I'm afraid he, the ball actually hit him right in the eye. Like he's, he was having trouble seeing and yeah. thinking and like that is scary as fuck. Cause if he has a vision problem, that, that could be career threatening. So I don't want to speculate on that, but it's just a bummer. Like how I was putting this piece together about how awesome he and was. And then this afternoon, I see him get hit in the face by his own foul ball, which is just brutal. Way to jinx him, Smitty. That's yeah, it was me. If <laughs> if only I had that power, I'd be using it for evil instead of good. But uh, uh, the other part of that story was shame, just shame. Jason Hayward. Uh, dude's got a 411 OBP right now. He's got a 974 OPS. And those are numbers that he has not even come close to approaching in his Cubs disappointing Cubs career to this point. So really impressive what he's been doing. Um, and I think it needs to be taken note of. Uh, so the other the other big news, you know, we didn't talk much about the the Sox trade deadline stuff because we talked about it last week. Uh, 
Gerard, Gerard, Dillon, or Gerard Dyson was the only move that they made, and that's what we predicted. That was going to be the only move they made. The, the Cubs, however, made I think they made five moves, um, kind of you know minor stuff. No, no blockbuster trades, of course, which we didn't expect. They made they basically like bolstered their depth a lot in in a lot of smart ways. We'll see if they if they contribute to a run down the stretch here, but it, the logic at least makes sense to me on a, on a lot of them. Uh, Jose Martinez was the was the bigger one. Um, Omer, uh, St. Louis Cardinal that eventually was with the Rays last year, kind of a journeyman. He's been around for a long time. I didn't realize he 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 was like drafted in two thousand six. So he's 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 been up and around or been in the Cardinal system forever, and finally. Finally went to the the Rays last year, so I don't. It wasn't like a the impact bat that that you'd think, except for what the Cubs need him for is he crushes left-handed pitching, and that is something the Cubs struggle with. He's got a three nineteen average against left-handed pitching. Left-handed pitching. Um, he's also a three twenty four career pinch hitter, and those are things the Cubs could really use down the stretch here. So. I, I thought that made a lot of sense. I think he's maybe been miscast most of his career. You think of he's a big, big dude, like six six, but he doesn't hit home runs. He just that's that's not his game. He's like a line drive hitter and apparently can't hit righties very well because that's kind of kind of curtailed his career. But putting him in the right in the right position where they only need him as you know left uh, specialist against lefties, I think. Could be could be the perfect spot for him to blossom. Of course, he started out 0 for 8 in his Cubs career so far, but we'll see how that that plays out over time. But I, at least I like the idea of the move. The logic behind it makes a lot of sense, and the numbers and the math, the math do too. Math does as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, they made a couple uh, left-handed bullpen moves. I don't even know who the guys are, but it, they that was definitely a, a weak spot that we brought up before, and they're. And their pen is no left-handed relievers, so that made sense. Uh, I guess other than that, uh, Cameron Mabin from my Detroit Tigers was traded to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, they seem to make a lot of trades between each other over the last several years, which is kind of weird. But uh, Zach Short, shortstop from the Cubs, is actually who came back to the Tigers, uh, and I guess all I have to say about that is the last time the Tigers traded away Cameron Mabin, the return was one Miguel Cabrera in 2008. So we know how that turned out. So obviously that <laughs> short is going to be like a, a future all-star and hall of famer. So, well, there you go. There's, there's quite well for good everyone. news for the Tigers. I think, I, I think, I think for the Cubs side of it with Mabin, he's, He's pretty mediocre. He's okay. He's he's okay in the okay in center field. He's okay in right field. Um, he's an okay bat. What he is better than is Albert Almora in both defense and in offense. Yeah, that that and guy's lost. He's never recovered a, from well, whatever he, happened last year. I mean, yeah, he is he has now been sent to South Bend, and I'm not sure if we'll ever see him again because he's had. Every opportunity in the world, he, you know, he's only 26 years old, which is crazy to think of. We've he's been in the landscape since 2016. Um, I just, I, yeah, like you said, I have no idea. He's had he's had every opportunity, and he, he just never has put it together again. So it's kind of fucked up. But yeah, Cameron Maben is is an upgrade over Albert Armora. Yeah, the Mabin move reminds me of the Dyson move for the White Sox. You got that veteran guy with decent speed. He can be used in late inning situations. So, yeah. The the one funny thing I did read is the is a lot of people commented that somehow the Cubs uh, added to their bullpen and made it worse with the <laughs> two guys they added. So yeah, I don't know was, a lot about them. I don't have one guy has like a six something ERA coming <laughs> over. Again, uh, that could be that could be usage. I don't know. I don't know what. No, yeah, I, I, I think he. I think it's more of lack of usage. I think he was just coming back from it, something, so it's like a small sample size. Yeah, and you know, sometimes a pitching coach looks at something and says, "I know how to fix that." I mean, we've seen it with Don Cooper. You know, the Sox do a trade, and you think like, you know, two thousand and five is a great example. We took two really probably sixty-year-old Cuban pitchers since they lie about their age and made them uh <laughs> made, made them uh all-stars again you know so 
Well, it might like, be as yeah. it, it might be as simple as attacking the problem with numbers. Just they have no. Yeah. They had like one left-handed reliever in the pen. Right. So just, yeah. just add add whoever you can that's left-handed and see if anything sticks. So yeah, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if they're that at that point of desperation. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, f- I failed to mention is one one hypothesis is that. Jose Quintana could be moved into the bullpen as a left-handed specialist, but he's already hurt. He had one pretty good, pretty Wait, decent outing. I missed uh, that. He got hurt? Yeah, he hurt a lot. Jesus Christ, Vit, leave me alone! You should put that on mute. Yeah, I can't. It's coming on three devices at once. Um, wow. So... Yeah, he's on the DL on the IL once again. I haven't heard a prognosis. Good uh, lord! So I mean, it's obviously it's ten days. So we are approaching like less than less than two weeks left. If he came back at the at the beginning of his stint, so who I don't who know. Are, we, are we calling a winner in that trade? Finally, <laughs> I think <laughs> well played. I think that happened a while ago. <laughs> I mean, we were both very much. I mean, when the trade was made, it was. I thought it was like a good trade where both teams won. But now, I mean, I never saw that. I mean, no one would have expected this. It's 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 unbelievable. I wouldn't have expected that, and I wouldn't have expected looking at Javi Baez with an over today being at one ninety four again because I thought Jesus. he was. I thought he was coming around. I thought that I thought he was coming around, but I guess not. So yeah, that's the thing. Like the Cubs, you know, it's weird. <laughs> I feel like the la- at least the last two weeks, or maybe more than that, I've been really anti, you know, very negative Cubs. They're still twenty-two and fifteen. They're leading the division by three yeah. and a half games. So like, it, the, what's what's happening is, like I said, that like their production is coming from you know sources you didn't expect, like Ian yeah. Happ and. Jason no, I think, I think it's great Ian, Ian Happ is doing what he's doing. He, I, you know, I enjoyed him. I got to know Ian Happ a little better during that show stuff because I was watching it when he made it to the finals or the semifinals. <laughs> MLB The Show, and he, he's a funny guy. Man. He, does, got, he, he does a podcast that I, I wanted to talk about, The the Compound. He's been they I think they started that up a couple weeks after we started up our podcast. So you're welcome, Ian Happ. Um yeah. So yeah, if you want to l- learn more about Ian Happ, it, it's it's just like him. Uh, another another maybe two guys that are in the Cubs system. I don't even know who they are, uh, but they're all they were all friends down in Arizona during spring spring training camp. I think they're all roommates, so they just started a podcast. And so that's that's another good way to get to know Ian Happ. Actually, I wanna I wanna listen this week for sure to find out what he says about his eye for one thing, but. Talk about everything else. Like he had a huge, you know, a huge week before that. Oh yeah, so. he's he's been on fire, and I think you're right. I think he was always slated as being a leadoff possibility for the Cubs, but just he could never do it well yeah. consistently. And he's he's cook, doing it now. It's cooking for him now. So I'm yeah. happy for him. He's uh seems like a good guy. What I was going to so. say with that is, you know, the the Cubs are doing all this, and they're in such a strong position, mainly because the NL Central sucks. But at the same time, they put themselves in this position. You know, if the if the if the highlighted names, you know, if the star players could actually produce, like Bryant and Baez and Contreras, like this would be a juggernaut right now with the contributions from the bottom of the line or from other parts of the lineup that you weren't expecting. So yeah. glass glass half full. There's a shitload of potential on the table still. So will they put it together? Uh, <laughs> that's anyone's guess. I I can't believe Javi Baez is gonna be hitting below 200 for the rest of the year. But fucking a, we're running out of time here. So we'll see. Bryant has a little bit of a built-in excuse with his DL stint, his IL stint, and bad wrist. And I think he's probably not even 100 percent now, but he's out there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, Not good for Brian going into uh, free agency time. So, well, that's after next year. So, no, I know, but like he's been he's been on he's been he's been injured a lot in the last couple years. Yeah, little nagging things that it just keeps yeah keeps sidelining him for different reasons. So it's 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 a bummer, but see, we've got some time. you're talking I about, talking about the, Yeah, I was talking. I fucked this up. I was gonna talk about the trade stuff after all this, and then end it with my 
Maben. <laughs> See, he's Maben to the Cubs. Yeah, he's All been right. drinking. He's no I'm, good. I'm through two and a half Surly Furiouses right now. So, uh, yeah, I want to. I do want to talk about the Tigers. You wanted to talk about the Tigers. I know uh, Tigers are, are, are like red hot up until uh, you know a little hiccup yesterday but yeah i mean when you if, the tiger if I you had the play, i looked at the playoff standing smitty they are two games out of a playoff spot and the it was team one and a half last I is the blue oh maybe it was one and a half yeah. and the team they have to worry about is the blue jays who always find a way to fuck shit up so like this well, could be a if, really weird weird playoff scenario if you had the tigers at 500 after 34 games, you are lying. <laughs> I mean, that's the oh, I, there's I, no one I, in the I, world. I, that, we, we did, yeah, we did. Anyone no, no one that, did. Yeah, there's no way. So it's it's incredible, especially after they dropped nine games in a row two weeks ago. It's yeah. like if they had if they had just won three out of nine, I mean, they they'd be. I mean, we can do the math, but it's it's incredible what they've done. Beyond that, like going into that nine game losing streak you know they had to go face the cleveland indians who they had lost 20 in a row too i mean you couldn't paint a worse scenario right i mean that's over that's over like three seasons almost so they ended up winning that series they won the next series uh i forgot who that was against but then they swept the minnesota twins for the first time since like 2016 they actually won three it was the first time they won three series in a row since june of 2018 <laughs> like they were just doing like unprecedented stuff for a team that just came off and they didn't expect much out of at all and then came off a nine game losing streak um I, yeah i did not see this run coming at all they two nights ago they beat the fuck out of the Brewers, who are way below 500, that's a that's an amazing story. I don't get that at all. But uh, Brewers did come back to win last night, so it put uh, split the short two game series. But Tigers haven't lost a series in quite some time, so it's weird. Again, I don't expect them to do. I didn't expect them. I don't expect them to do much. Uh, a really sad thing from last night's game. One of their key contributors, uh, center fielder Jacoby Jones. Took a pitch off his fucking hand. Yeah, it I was saw broken. That. Well, you could tell it was broken immediately. He took his glove off and it was already swollen. It was just like, oh, dude gets hit in the face every year. He broke his wrist last year, I think. I think it was a wrist last year. Breaks his hand this year. It's just fucking brutal. He's not their best player, but he's a key contributor. He was having a decent season this year. Definitely a solid outfielder. And it just sucks that he keeps getting keeps getting injured. And they had so much momentum and cool shit was happening. And it was a pitcher from the Brewers. I forget his name already, but it was like his first, his first major league at bat, his first, first uh, batter he faced, and breaks his hand. It's like, and then I think he hit two other guys after that. It's like, get this fucker out of the game. Like, uh, so that that was that was a real bummer. Um, I feel bad for Jacoby Jones. Uh, I mean, who knows? This is such a weird year. Maybe the Tigers bounce back from this, and you know. Anything's possible, I guess, with this team. It's 500. You know, it's, it's little to celebrate, except it's the Tigers, and you didn't, ex didn't expect anything out of it. They've been doing this all with incredible bullpen work and yeah. really, really good defense and just, just solid hitting up and down the, up and down the order. Um, I, I can't, other than that, I can't explain what's happening uh, other than the bullpen has, has been impressive all season. That, that's not an anomaly. Um, so question for you though yeah what do you got like well you got so they're at 500 and then next year's draft's going to be an average from the year prior so they they were the worst record and um, okay i hadn't heard that is that yeah, how they're calculating yeah it? and then and then the draft order the, yeah and they're going to take this year's record and 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 then uh you're going to get your draft spot so as a Tigers fan in a rebuild, knowing that probably much like the Sox and the Cubs too, um, they're benefiting from not playing outside of the central from a record standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you a little annoyed that <laughs> like, bless you. 
right. are you a little annoyed that they're like at 500 because they're mm-hmm. you're looking at what could have maybe been another number one pick probably not with the pirates but uh if this, but who knows? yeah well they are far from the worst team in the league i mean you've got the red Sox are probably going to be the number one number one pick or the worst team in the league this year I, yeah on the surface yes but they've been they've been way more entertaining this year than i ever thought they yeah, would be yeah no i, I they're also with, being yeah. they're also being entertaining while bringing up a lot of the prospects that i didn't think we were going to see this year with the pitching yeah. prospects so those guys are getting major league experience so and they're winning doing it so i think on the on the whole no i'm not i'm not i'm not annoyed at all i think it, they're out there to win and they they've they've got young players that are producing, which I cannot complain about at all. And the more experience they get in the major, major league level, the better. So, you know, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to have like the worst draft pick by any means. So uh, if you're talking about, it's probably going to be another curtailed I mean, draft. I, 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 don't, I don't know what that means. So, yeah. It, I mean, I think they're probably still looking at like a top 10 pick, even if they finish at 500. I was like doing the math. Yeah. They probably end up with like the eighth pick instead of like a top three pick. But um, I just didn't know if like you were kind of like, eh, like. I, I mean, you don't want I mean, you don't want you don't like to watch your team lose. You want to no, be. I've, I've, I've watched plenty of that. It, yeah, this is, right. This is, right this, so. uh, yeah, there's no way this this season has already been far more entertaining than I thought it would be, yeah. and. Number one, they're winning, but they're also winning with those young players. Like, yeah, I thought it'd be right. kind of either or. Like, they if they happen to be good, is because of CJ Crone and and Scope and a bunch of veteran guys holding down the prospect. So that would have been that would have been kind of a, a you know a worse of the two scenario of the many scenarios. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't. I cannot complain. I mean, that that's well, the draft will take care of itself if El Vila knows what he's doing, which. I, I'm I gonna mean, give suddenly, you. Suddenly, give him, suddenly we gotta give, we gotta give well, him some credit for all this is the, the this, abuse we've given. This might him. be the first month of, yeah. This might be the first month of our blog that we could possibly give Alvila some credit because we're seeing some dividends from his from his moves finally from over the years. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's fun. It's it's the, at least there's something uh something to talk about with the Tigers, which I did not think we'd be talking about 34 games into the season. So. You got any thoughts about your Giants? Yeah, you know, that's another, about them in a while. There's another team that uh is uh you know, they're two games under 500. They're they're you know, nestled right in there at around that 500 mark. I'm kind of surprised they're that close to it, but they they also spun off a bunch of wins and then they followed that up with a bunch of losses and then now they've been kind of treading water. But uh, the other evening, on an evening where a lot of runs were scored in baseball, the Giants did something ridiculous. They scored 23 runs, and they had three three players who had six RBIs each in the game. I mean, that is – that's just like – that shit you couldn't make up right there. But, like, that's just insane. And my my – my rub, my rub with the Giants this year is the Giants, even in the years where they won three World Series, you would never go to the Giants and say, well, you know, one of the best offenses in the league. Nope. But mm. best pitching staff in the league, maybe. But they had timely hitting, which you can't really <laughs> quantify, Marco Scudero, but yeah, how how do you quantify Marco Scudero? He is unquantifiable. But, but they 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 went, when it mattered when 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 there were key moments in the game they they got it done with with I would say a lot of small ball and won three yeah. championships that way. Now you've got a mixture of some vets and 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 the younger talent, sort of like the Tigers actually, and they are scoring a lot of runs this year. But now. They have no starting no pitching. pitching. So yeah, like that's, it's, that's it's really frustrating as a Giants fan to to you know be in, in this situation. Uh, I you know the the again they they decided to keep Johnny Cueto 
Maybe the asking price was too much at the trade deadline. Maybe no one was really interested in him. He's not, you know, he's pitching okay, but not going much past five innings. So I think the price tag is is the problem. Yeah. Like nobody's nobody's gonna add that kind of salary in uh true in COVID, yeah, 20, COVID environment. 20 million a year, yeah. And uncertain financial landscape going forward. So yeah, I, I guess I'm not too surprised. But they did make a trade. With the Detroit Tigers, I don't know. Oh, I did this. see that, uh, and I forgot it as quickly as it happened. I forgot about it. Derek Rodriguez, who may sound familiar to you, or maybe not, son of Ivan Pudge Rodriguez. Oh, okay. Steroids. <laughs> yeah, who you have a personal relationship? I, I, I do. He, he pointed at me in a, in a game. <laughs> Because you were just yelling roids at him the whole time. Yeah, and he hit a home run and for he, me because he, he was cracked so a home run and, and pointed at me. <laughs> Ride rage. Yeah, that, <laughs> clearly he was fucking angry. Well, I think that I think, I think that brought the score eleven to two at that point. The White Sox were winning. <laughs> it was a nail biter. Uh, yeah, but his son Derek Rodriguez was traded to the Tigers. Derek Rodriguez, by by the way, looks like a combination of. Ivan Rodriguez plus Zorro. I feel like if you combine those two, that that would be Derek Rodriguez. I'm very excited to watch him play every day. Then <laughs> I'm not sure how much playing time he's going to get, but I thought that was a that was a fun fun transaction between our four te- or two of our four teams. So yeah, so yeah, that's 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 all I got on the on the Giants. Um, unlike the wow. un- unlike the uh, unlike the Tigers who who are looming in what could be a playoff spot, the, the Giants will not be. So No. Well, that also alludes to how mediocre the American League in general is. You know, the 500 record gets you on the cusp of being in the, being in the playoffs. Yeah, so. it's interesting, though, because the Cubs are the number, like, two slot, and they have the same records as the White Sox, and the White Sox are the four slot. So yeah. it's not it's, – it's Oh, not, that's true. Yeah, maybe it's – I don't know. Uh, I don't know. How do you, how do you, yeah. How do you qualify? Yeah. I mean, any of this, it's a fucked up season. 18 teams making it. Oh, I apologize. The giants are, are a game out of a playoff spot. I apologize. Much like the same as the tigers. I'm completely wrong. Uh, The brewers are two games back or a game and a half back. And the reds are, like yeah. three games back, so Reds. There Reds you go. Both of our both of our picks to walk away yeah. with uh, NL yeah. Central. But well, why don't we just cut out the last minute or so of this of this from the podcast? I can I'll work on that in post production. Well, it, um, it, it was it was thrilling conversations made. I don't see why. All right, go <laughs> right ahead. It's uh, it's time now. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah. Is it back uh, back by popular demand or no demand or demand in my mind at least. Took a week off, but aesthetics is back. Uh, my uh, favorite. My, I gotta run. My I gotta, favorite. I gotta run out for a sandwich. I'll be back. Okay. Yeah, my favorite subject. <laughs> <laughs> As a graphic designer, I am huge into baseball logos, baseball uniforms, all the all huge. the aesthetics of baseball. So I thought we'd put our spin on it as the aesthetics of being major league a holes. Um, what I want to talk about this week is a really cool trend that's been happening for a while uh, in Major League Uniform and logo design. Uh, the, I call it the neo-retro look. Uh, throwbacks and retro uniforms have been happening all the time, but teams have been recently kind of taking a, a new spin on their old looks and making that their new brand. Um, I think the first, first really good example of this is about eight years ago. The Blue Jays actually did it. They, they took their their logo from the 70s and, and kind of updated it and streamlined it and turned that into their new their new brand. I think their uniforms have been badass for for the last eight years. Um, the This year, there's two teams, two teams of note at least. There's a few teams that have done it, but the two best, the best looking uniforms I've seen and the best rebrands are the Milwaukee Brewers and especially the Padres. Uh, the Brewers took their old classic the MB glove logo. Yes, which I've it. always loved that. In, in always fact, loved it. I think I was probably in my twenties as a graphic designer, probably before I realized that there was an M and a B in that glove logo. I just thought it was a 
like a baseball logo out of a glove. Like I didn't realize there was an M and a B in it, which is just brilliant. Uh, what they did for their rebrand this year is they they um, they use a navy blue instead of the classic royal blue, and I think they brightened up the yellow a bit, or maybe it just stands out more from the navy blue. But and they kind of cleaned up the the MB logo a bit, which I don't think it was totally necessary. But they went with completely neo retro logo uh, uniforms with like their old pinstripes and the block brewers across the chest. Really cool stuff. Um, the only the only problem is they did a like an alternate jersey, like a navy blue jersey with an alternate hat that's like got the yellow yellow uh, two uh, two of the six quarter two of the six panels are yellow and the rest are blue. Yeah, it look looks like the Boy Scouts. They, they look, look the just Boy like Scouts. the Boy Scouts. They, yeah, it's it ridiculous. Look, it looks like they should have like a kerchief around their necks, like while they're playing. It's just it's just they a look- strange strange look. I, I, so it, the the idea is cool in that regard, but the execution is poor. And I think they'll probably they'll probably modify that a bit for next year. I think they can make that one look really cool. But the team that got it one hundred percent correct is the San Diego Padres. And I got to say, it's no coincidence that the team, the Slam Diego Padres, who like setting records for Grand Slams and just scoring runs left and right and one of the most exciting teams in baseball. I don't think it's any coincidence that this is coinciding with a fucking awesome uniform rebrand. Um, it probably is coincidental, but I like to equate those things together. But uh, they went back to their old brown and gold look from the 80s, which honestly, I got a firsthand look at that in 1984 because they played the played the target in the World Series and I hated the fucking Padres and I hated their shit brown and piss yellow uniforms. Hated everything about them, even though they had awesome players like Tony Gwynn, Alan Wiggins, Steve Garvey and his hairy fucking forearms. Um, hated those guys, uh, even though they were awesome, but uh, really hated their uniforms at the time. And part of that is because literally the, the brown was a shit brown and the, the yellow was a was a piss yellow. I don't know. I don't know how they came to that in the seventies and eighties, but that's what they did. Um, what the Padres did right in this retro neo retro look is they darkened the brown a ton, which makes it look awesome. The yellow is real bright. It might even be the same yellow the Brewers use. It looks fantastic. You know, similar similar S. You know, interlocked S and D on the hat. Uh, just class, classic font across the chest. They did a, a kind of a, a light brown pinstripe color for their road uniform, which is a really unique look. Looks looks awesome. Everything they've done is super cool with it. So I don't think it's a, a coincidence that, again, that they're, they are playing awesome and looking awesome at the same time. So kudos to the San Diego Padres. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't I yeah. don't even know what to say. Other than, you know, well, it it did, it did spark a little thought in my head when I was looking at the home run standings today and uh hmm. Fernando Tatis Jr's up top, White Sox prospect now on the San Diego Padres. And then I I see Jose Abreu right there at number 2 at 13 and man the the head started spinning again and uh think wow, could have yeah. been and yeah, yeah, and then Spears. and then Manny Machado's right a couple spots down, so you would have had yeah. a we would have we would have had real real bad problems in Chicago this year, real bad he problems. He was worth he he was worth two hundred fifty million, not three hundred million though. Yeah, but according to Kenny, three hundred million is less than two hundred two hundred fifty million. So, hey Ryan, hard, hard to explain stay for a, a while. Stay out of White Sox business. All right? <laughs> gladly, stay out of White Sox. Stay out of White Sox business. Gladly, gladly. But anyway, well, I I digress. Unless there's anything else you want to get to, I'm going to jump to Asshole of the Week. What is your problem, you insensitive asshole? Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Who the fuck is this asshole? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then. No, let's move into Asshole of the Week. Oh, I do. Wait, wait. I just want to do one <clears throat> thing here. Tim Anderson hit a home run, so the Sox are up 6 nothing. Lead-off man Tim Anderson, 2-for-2 two two tonight with two ribbies. 
Woohoo, Congrats, Timmy. Uh, Tim. Timmy. Uh, yeah, the asshole of the week comes from a pool of potential assholes of the week for the same incident, same type of incidents that have been going on this week a lot. It all comes down to headhunting, which has to fucking end one way or the other. Um, I'm afraid it's going to end with a fucking death. And the the reason that comes that that <laughs> terrible an image comes to mind is because it, it felt like it was going to happen this week when Araldus Chapman threw at Tampa Bay Rays uh, Mike Brusso, uh, Broso, whatever his name is, but threw at his head with a 101 mile an hour fastball. And if it had connected, if if Mike Brusso was not able to duck, I think it would have exploded his skull. Like it was that scary of a pitch and it comes down to the mentality that if you're angry about something you have as a pitcher have the right to threaten someone's life. And that, that idea has to, has, I mean, it's been around baseball forever, but it, it has to be gone. It has to be removed. And again, I'm afraid it's, it's not going to go away until something horrific happens on the field. And at that point, there's there might be prosecution. There might be there might be real legal issues and potential murder charges. And the fact that that would even have to come up is ridiculous. People need to fucking grow up. What, what was happening with the the Rays and Yankees this week has kind of been brewing for a while. Apparently, the the in the series either this year or in the last few series the Rays batters have been hit 19 times and Yankees batters have been hit 14 times. So it's just a, it's just been an escalating war of you know macho posturing where we're going to hit you, you hit us, we're going to hit you back. You know, just the dumbest, the dumbest form of, of Neanderthal masculinity, if you ask me. Um, you know, it got, it got to the point where, you know, Chapman had to throw at his head for whatever reason. He was ejected. I think he was suspended three games. Um, the the I guess the only good part of that is Brusso came back the next game and hit two home runs, which is the perfect po- poetic justice and the best way to respond to machismo run amok. Um, I think that's hilarious that he was able to to burn the Yankees again. Uh, another potential. I'm, I'm giving it to Chapman for his essentially attempted murder. Uh, he's an easy he's an easy one to put back in the asshole of the week category for his past with domestic violence and everything else. So I don't feel bad about put, making him asshole of the week in any way. But uh, the the weird thing is, I almost wanted to give it to Kevin Cash, the the Rays manager, who was you know justifiably pissed off about his his batter his batter's life being threatened. Um, but in his post game press conference, he. He inadvertently, I think this is a complete accident, that he actually admitted that the Yankees hadn't been thrown at by his team intentionally for at least three years, which immediately implies that three years ago they were intentionally thrown at. There was a specific reference, and I forgot the pitcher's name, but he literally accidentally admitted that they threw intentionally at the Yankees three years ago. And... That's fucking gross. <laughs> I mean, it's first, first of all, it's fucking stupid. You never hear anyone admit anything, but apparently he thought since it was three years ago that it's okay to say, but just the fact that he that he would do it and then talk about it just makes him an asshole. But he he was he was pissed off, and that's how that came out. So I kind of get that, but just the whole idea that 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 you we all know it's it comes from the bench. It's intentional. And this kind of goes back to our our conversation with the. TJ Antoine from the Reds and the and the Cubs thing, you know, you can look at your hand and you know feign feign ignorance and feign you know oh this is it slipped or whatever. I, I don't buy it. I, major league pitchers know where the fucking ball is going most of the time, and it, if they're going to err, it does it doesn't err with a fastball at the head. That shit needs to fucking stop. So I don't know. That, that's 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 the gist of what I want to say about that. It just pisses me off, and I just I'm. I'm afraid these things are going to end in in a tragic, tragic manner. You know, there has been a death in baseball. It's been a hundred years, but it, you know, I forget what the guy's name is. 
but he got hit in the head with a baseball and he fucking died. And there, you know, that was before batting helmets. So there, there are some differences, but it can happen again. And especially when assholes like Araldus Chapman, who can throw 101 miles an hour at people's heads, that, that, that's, that's where it's getting into a, getting into a, a place that baseball should not be in. So Araldus Chapman, you are my asshole of the week. Yeah, baseball just needs to step up and have a stiffer penalty. For yeah, that's the other thing. The penalty someone, is pretty. Someone weak. getting, getting. I mean, a three games. Oh, he didn't. I, you know, like a three game suspension for what was obviously, um, a intentional throw, um, at at, at uh, Russo. So I mean, like you can't. You gotta. You gotta make it. You gotta make. All these penalties, you always have to make them count. It's like not to drift into another sport, but it's like these college football. You know, you win a national championship, but you cheated. Or basketball, they don't ever take the championships away. You know, like the, the, it's it, there's there's not a there's not a, a there's not a stiff enough penalty a lot of times for 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 the yeah. transgressions that these players make. But you're right. I mean, when someone's, I mean, I mean. Chapman's on record in 2010, he threw 105 miles an hour. So, I mean, if you added four more miles to that pitch, he wouldn't have been able to probably get out of the way. I still can't. I don't know if you saw uh, the replay. He just, fortunately, he was able to just move his head a couple inches and it went right over the back of his head. But, but yeah, you're right. If it was a couple more miles an hour, I, I mean, we've seen, we've seen that, you know, batter's helmets shattered. <laughs> That would have yeah. shattered. I, I, I'm. That would have. That would have been skull fracturing. That that would have been as as dangerous yeah. I mean, things I've I ever mean, seen. So, and it was I mean, intentional. Like, you yeah. know, one ball that one ball yeah. that gets away. You see, plenty of players get hurt, and their careers are affected by unintentional pitches sometimes. And to know that was yeah. intentional is just disgusting. I mean, not 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 to you know, whatever with the Rizzo thing, but Rizzo gets hit a lot because he's on top of the plate and they like to a lot. Yeah. They try to pitch him inside. Um, that doesn't mean he so, can get thrown at his head though. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not condoning that. I'm just saying like, like I'm saying those are unintentional hits. Like he just gets hit a lot. And he doesn't no, get pissed about he gets, hardly he any of those. He, he knows. He's in the body because he's close to the plate. I mean, that's, Someone you know, trying to throw a strike and and they got too yeah, he's far not a inside. bitch about any of that. No, so, yeah, so I mean, I just remember during the apparently they did. Did he ever come out and say uh, what I saw the post game and he, he the portion I saw he didn't address it, but I remember seeing a mouth on the field. I never said that. Yeah, he's like I didn't say anything. Yeah, I, like, they were yeah, all he's like, like a, I never said that. That's not what I said. And, the manager. The manager came off the bench. Yeah. Like Rizzo wasn't pissed about any of it. Rizzo, but... like you know, stepped out and just got right back to it. But like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, the, it was the... weird. It was just a whole weird scene. Like, come... there's a we well, there's a weird thing between the Reds and the and the and the Cubs that is all on the Red side. They're they're freaked out about everything the Cubs do, and they should be more worried about their shitty record when everyone picked them to win the division. Yeah. So all right. That might explain it more than anything. Exactly, I think they're just uh, they're just uh, sore losers right now. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So, do you have anything else? Do you have our favorite segment, shit Pete forgot. Mm, uh, you know, I, I did. I did actually look over one thing on my list during the so sock segment, and I just <laughs> wanted to say that I don't know if you you probably feel. I think you feel the same way as I do, but uh, you know, listening to to Stone and Benetti together is really like listening as if like you and I were calling a game. It's it's fun. Well, no, it's well, way better. Well, you no, I but what not, I not be very like good at it. Two guys, <laughs> two lifelong friends who who are are who have a career in baseball, you know, well, in professionalism that, that that you're speaking of their chemistry. Their chemistry yeah. is already light years better than what he, what Stoney and Hawk ever But had. it's just it's just like the there's so many funny things that get said. I laugh so much during the broadcast. It's just like the best dynamic yeah. ever. And like it's Enjoy. so and maybe it is. Maybe it feels so great because of the hawk, the hawk years when he was just Yeah, being out from under that bullshit. But just the there's a negativity that yeah, surrounded but, him that that was just I think it surrounded everybody and didn't 
Didn't didn't yeah. shine well on the socks. But that was just so. one other thing I wanted to say during the uh, <clears throat> socks segment that it's just such a joy to listen to them them call a game. I'm even having fun listening to White Sox games, which I never thought. Well, would happen, you know, so. yeah, I mean, it's legit. It's legit. Like I love, I love Len. Yeah. I love Len. I'll tell you that. I love Len. I think we should. I think we should go watch the end of this. White yeah. Sox game well, right I'd now. like to report in that Dylan Cease's ERA is now two nine three below the three. Ooh, look at that. Cubs wish they Good had trade. starting pitchers besides you, Darvish, with ERAs that low. They could. Motherfuckers. <laughs> All right. On that note, <laughs> I will mention that we are on majorleagueaholes.com. We are on every social media platform. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Uh, we are also everywhere you can find a podcast. We are on a new platform, anchor.tv, that's put us on every single podcast platform that there is. So, you have no excuse not to find us. So go listen to the fucking podcast. Like, subscribe, rate, review, whatever you got to do. Do it. So, And I will say this podcast is over. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. It's about time. S-S-H-O-L-E. Everybody, hey. Oh.